this Madhumita Mantri. Uh, I'm a product lead at uh, Startree, which is an early stage startup in real time analytics and anomaly detection. Uh, I'm very excited about uh, kicking off this AMS session, how to craft uh, a winning product strategy in this competitive landscape. Uh, this is going to be an audio only event, so we will not be turning on our videos. And uh, if I have right now muted all of you. So if you have any questions, you can um, type your question in the chat and uh, or raise your hand and I'll unmute yourself and you can chime in. First 15 minutes, I'll go over some questions I have and then I'll open up the floor for questions. With that, I will pass it on to Vivek. Uh, Vivek, uh, can you introduce yourself and uh, share what was your your uh, what is your career journey looks like so far? Um, some of the success recipe that is behind your career success and something not on your LinkedIn profile. Hey, Madhu, thanks for having me. Um, sure, happy to. So let's see. Let me tell you guys a little bit about my career journey. So I trained as a computer scientist. I worked as a software engineer for two years, and then I spent 15 years doing product management at various places in various roles. So I started at Microsoft, where I worked in Microsoft Office. After that, I went to Google for five years, where I worked on search ads. From Google, I went to LinkedIn, where I worked on the news feed and the homepage. Joined this small startup called Refresh that LinkedIn acquired. After Refresh, I worked at Instagram on the growth team. And then I was at Amazon, where I worked on this product called Amazon Key. One thing I also enjoyed doing while I was doing product management is teaching. So I taught a few editions of a 10-week product management class at both General Assembly and Product School. Then fast forward to the December of 2019, I decided to take a two-year break. And then coming out of that break in the Feb of last year, I started my latest venture, which I'm calling WorkGenie. So WorkGenie's mission is affordable on-demand exec coaching. So that is what is taking up most of my time right now. So that was question one. Remind me, Madhu, of question two and three. Yeah, thanks for sharing your journey. It is a very inspiring, uh, like hearing your career transitions from one company to another and now doing your own. Uh, my next question was uh, a success recipe that uh, worked behind your career success and something not on your LinkedIn profile. Okay, so I think, a, uh, so I'll answer a slightly different question, which is if I had one bit of advice for folk, wherever they are along their journey, I would say it's, certain intent in terms of what you want to do right now and then closely observe, measure, reflect and adapt because what you will observe is suppose you decide to do a certain thing. You desire to do it because it comes with certain expectations in terms of what that experience will be. I think it's just as important to as you're going through the experience reflect on what things comport with what you expected and what things are different because this process of reflection will give you greater clarity on what you want to do 
and your goal will also change along the way and that's okay so to summarize just set an intent and then experiment and then observe the results and adapt and one thing not on my linkedin profile i guess my linkedin profile will not tell you that i actually spent the first 10 years of my life in tanzania in east africa where besides dar es salaam which is the capital we also spent time in smaller towns we lived for a few years in songia iringa and so on and those were sometimes i look back on very fondly Oh, that's interesting. I did not know uh, you were from Africa or spent some time in Africa. That's uh, something very unique. I heard something <laughs> from somebody uh, first time. Uh, so thanks for your introduction and sharing your journey and uh, some of the success recipe tips. So those are very useful for sure for me and for the audience. So with that, I will dive into my uh, second question, which is on the topic for today. So, um, in this highly dynamic and fast-paced and competitive market space, um, what will be your advice to product leaders on how to craft a winning product strategy, and also what are the different elements and building blocks of it? So let's try to tackle that one step at a time. So the advice I offered earlier on, which is set an intent, experiment, and adapt, right, applies here as well. Which is what comes to my mind when, for example, through my product career, what I have found to be very effective is first get very clear on what problem you want to solve and for who, and then try to find the cheapest and quickest way to validate the hypothesis in your product maybe this is actually best explained with an example so let me pick one so for example during my time at google right so when we started the ads optimization team the problem in front of us was running an advertising campaign was incredibly complex we likened it to flying an airplane it's like all these knobs and levers which you needed to set the bids and the budgets and the geo targets campaign structure things like that and then the problem we set out to solve is hey how might you build an autopilot for running a campaign much like an autopilot for landing or take off on navigating a plane now the problem when you look at that from that lens is large complex and somewhat intimidating so the question we asked ourselves is starting with that what is the easiest cheapest quickest and dirtiest thing we can do to add meaningful impact so when we started with this lens the approach we took was we first spoke to the ad serving team understand in detail understood in detail how the ad serving system works we then spoke to folks on the ad operations team at google these were folks who were running advertising campaigns for many of our larger and mid sized advertisers so we studied their process we looked at all the things that run into that go into running a campaign and then we asked us the which of these steps is both 
significantly time consuming so it's maybe a place where we can add some efficiency and also significantly crucial because it's very important to get running a campaign right and then when we analyze these steps from this lens we just looked at hey here's the task which takes human beings a reasonable amount of time are there any which are especially amenable to algorithmic attack and that is where i can talk in about this in a little bit more detail as well as if you're interested we came up with hey the obvious thing was keywords because picking the right keywords is very very important to running a successful search ads campaign it's also something at that time which folks would do very manually in a lot of ways there were a few keyword suggestion tools out there but then it involved both in terms of workflow complexity going to a bunch of sources and in terms of creativity coming up with innovative new ways in which how they could pick the right ones and that's where we realized that there was huge opportunity for us both in terms of using machine learning approaches to suggest the right keywords and also to build workflow which would allow them to do this in a much quicker and smarter way i can also give you a few more examples of other kinds of suggestions which we came up with but the lesson i want to take away from this which is very generalizable is whenever you're building a product it's to help somebody get a job done it's typically if it's a problem worth solving for them it's a job they have been doing for some time it's very important to first understand how they do the job today and which steps along doing that job take up time and add value and if you can either eliminate steps or make them faster cheaper or better then they will fire the tools they used to do the job today and hire your tool to do the job for them instead great uh vivek i have two follow up questions here um so first one i'll go uh, first and then uh, the next one so the first follow up question is do you have to be a domain expert uh to come up with the product strategy given your example you were talking about ad space so if somebody is new to ad space um do you advise them to dive into product strategy or wait for some time to build the domain expert to be ready for crafting a strategy that's a good question i would say one of the most important things to be a good product manager is to be incessantly curious so you do not have to be a domain expert going in but you have to want to learn everything about the customer the challenges they face the approaches available right now the limitations in that approach etc in order to build a solution for example going into the ads role at google i had exactly zero experience with anything ads related but in the process of working on this product i learned a lot about ads so i think curiosity is necessary expertise can be gathered along the way sounds great i think that answered my second question so i'll not uh, going to my second question um 
but this overall sounds great so i think oh, what i understood from uh, what you said the key takeaway uh, is do enough research be curious collect all the inputs and really feel the pain that users are going through and the step that is taking the longest and how we can make it efficient uh, quickest and cheapest way um, and pick that uh, and build the strategy around it is that right i think i'll summarize it with this which is as a product manager it's not important for you to be the technology expert or the design expert what is necessary is for you to be the customer expert because you represent the customer and you should be able to very very clearly articulate their goals the approaches they take to meet those goals the frustrations they encountered today while they try to meet them because only then can you shepherd the team into building tools to help them meet those same goals cheaper faster and better sounds good so the customer centricity is something that should be the topmost priority right okay. um i have one more question i'll ask that and see open up the floor for more questions if audience have so uh my uh, second question to you is given the hype right now uh, with uh, generative ai technologies do you recommend if uh, leaders can leverage it to craft a winning product strategy in some places i've heard um it it's not a wise advice uh, because as you said like customer centricity customer empathy it may lack of that but love to hear your thought So I think the what comes to mind for me is essentially think of it like a tool just like a hammer is an excellent tool and for certain jobs like driving a nail into a wall there is no better tool in most cases if you take that same view towards generative ai in my experience it's a superb tool for two things first for research for example many many of my purchasing decisions in terms of what do i want to get many many of my exploratory decisions in terms of learning about a new space and so on i almost turn to bing chat and bard by default the second thing it's actually excellent with synthesis as well for example if you want to polish your writing so you can use it both in a generative sense which is hey here's the topic and generate a few things because i want to write something about it but it's important to remember you can also use it for synthesis which is hey here's the 10000 word essay generate for me a 300 word abstract and things like that as long as you're aware of the limitations of the tool and manage for those limitations it's an excellent tool let me give you some examples suppose i was curious about a space which is very new to me let's say law a friend of mine he is the entrepreneur who's an expert in machine learning who is do interested in doing something in that space so he was curious about hey in the us what are the number of firms what is the median size what is the average contract value what are the various verticals that they operate in in a previous world you would go to google and try to wade through a few links and do it in this world you can actually ask either bard or chat gpt 
to generate a table with the rows of the table being, say, for example, the top 50 law firms and the columns of the table being the number of lawyers in that employ, the number of cases they process each week, etc., blah, blah, blah. Now the catch. It's also, and I have encountered this many, many times in even relatively simple and innocuous things, which with the state-of-the-art with generative AI, it does tend to hallucinate. It does tend to make things up. So as long as you apply the trust but verify approach towards the reports coming out of it, it can be very powerful. But it's important because it can mislead you. Even on relatively innocuous things, It you don't have to go very far in order to trip these things up. So trust, but verify. Great thing you said. I, I had recently faced a similar thing where I was trying to generate or just build the product context around and it just made up that product didn't exist and just made up and shared a lot of things and I went and checked like if the company has that product and uh, it turns out to be it doesn't have that product. So I think it's very important to test and verify. Again, going back to where um, generative AI can be useful in building a strategy, what you are saying, mostly on the um, discovery side of the thing and uh, obviously test and verify and plus content uh, like making uh, better content or developing better content as we write the strategy. Anything else you can think of like generating creative ideas or solutions? It's a research tool. It's a general research tool and a general generation tool, right? For example, you can use it for things like in the process of product management, a lot of what you are doing is actually consuming vast amounts of information and then synthesizing this information into different messages for different audiences. And generative AI is actually really, really good at both of those, which is if you ask it questions to explore your curiosities, it will give you great answers. If you ask it to craft messages for a particular audience with the particular level of understanding of a topic with a particular goal, It'll do an excellent job. If you just look at um, OpenAI's GPT tool in the iOS store and click through the use cases. For example, one of them is explain electricity to a kid that likes dinosaurs. Like those are the things which generative AI can do for you today. And that is a very powerful tool for a product manager to have because product managers will often find themselves that's a very apt metaphor, which is explaining some concept which is of importance to somebody who has an expertise in something very different. And generative AI can help with that too. Yeah, I think more of augmenting oneself uh, to achieve certain goals. That, but we need to be very, very specific and be creative about what questions we are asking. Um, that's very useful. Um, so with that, I'll see folks who are attending this call uh, if they have any questions. You can either raise, oh yeah, I see Nadim, you have. So let me, um, you can go ahead, Nadim, you can unmute yourself and ask your question. Thank you so much, uh, Vivek and Madhumida. Great session. So the question I have is, as Vivek, as you mentioned, that when crafting a product, right, it's important to study current pain points to understand how 
the product can help the customer or user do their job. So in a scenario where we're trying to work on a product where you don't necessarily have a wider customer base or business that you could go to, so what should be the approach to gather pain points? Should we like just target random users to pitch the idea and see what a pain point could be? So let me ask you this. When you say you're working, what's an example of such a product? While there might be no product solving that problem, it's likely a problem that people face and appreciate. Is that right? Yes, yes. So you want to get a lot more curious about the problem. For example, like great product managers don't get attached to the solution. They get attached to the problem. So they're open to any new and creative ways of solving the problem. And all the things we talked about, what you want to understand more than anything else is the problem the people are facing, how they address that problem today, and where things are not as good as they could be. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. So it's always if you have a specific, problem. if you have a specific example which you have in mind, then we could definitely look at this that and see if we're able to tease something else apart. Yeah. So an example would be like we talked about open AI, right? Now, what if you wanted a product where instead of using Google Sheets or Excel, you have some sort of open AI? to ask the user that, okay, if I need to create a budget report with data, I what are your pain points? Like for the finance people who always use Excel spreadsheets. So in that scenario, since they've never used Excel with OpenAI, they wouldn't necessarily know what pain points they might have in an AI. I understand. Great. That's actually an excellent example. Let's let's in uh, take a closer look at that. So... This is why, for example, so in product management, right, there is this approach called human first product management, which is you ask yourself the question, if my product was a human, what would it do? And then you're a human. So great, you can actually go do it. And that can be the first version of your product. And you think about technology, operations, or human resources only as multipliers which can help you make the solution cheaper faster or better so applying that to the question Eugene the idea that you just brought up if you want to look at say budgets in a new way forget the how of it forget the AI etc that might be in your back pocket keep it in your back pocket try to understand who needs budgets today how do they do budgets today and what things are more painful than they need to be the solution to remove that pain might be OpenAI or it might be something else. The thing you need to get very curious about first is what problem are you solving for the customer? And that is much more important to have a very strong understanding of the approach should come later. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So focus more on the problem and it could be OpenAI or a simple solution or something else. Correct. Got it. Thank you. Great question, Nadeem. Uh, thanks for asking. One thing I would like to add, it's quite, uh, uh, I mean, not very much in context what, what Vivek said. That's very useful. The other thing, if you are uh, like thinking about whom to talk to when you don't have a user base and if you are really looking for people to talk to, one uh, easiest thing that I have done is like going and searching on LinkedIn 
who are talking about that topic and you can always get in touch with them and talk to them or be part of Slack communities. Uh, you were talking about finance in general, like if uh, you want to learn or talk to them, um, you can do a quick uh, user research if you don't have a dedicated user research team. Got it. Yeah, that's a good tip. Thank you. So Nadeem, one more thing I want to add here, tying this back to the theme which Madhu had around generative AI, you can quite literally tell, hey, Bard or hey, Pink Chat, put yourself into the shoes of somebody who prepares budgets on a regular basis in this context, in this way, for this particular thing. And let's have a conversation and tell me about what your biggest pain points are. So again, take this with those teaspoonsfuls of salt, but it's an excellent idea to, before you go into a conversation with real human beings, which you must actually have a little bit of the lay of the land in terms of what challenges they face, because especially BARD, right? It has access to not just the indexed web, but also YouTube videos, transcripts for many of these videos. So if there was a video series somewhere where somebody interviewed a bunch of people on budgets and things like that, and there were some insights, those might make it in some interesting ways into your BARD response. Got it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And then so that you at least before you go and try to really understand the customer, at least, you know, like you can just do broad strokes. So you sort of like know what you're going to be dealing with. Right. Thank you. It's a great point, Vivek. Thanks for sharing. Um, we have about three minutes. Um, I'll see if anyone, anybody else have any questions. So, uh, Madhimita, I don't, is it okay to ask question now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so this is Narendra. So I know I'm new to product management. We deal with product team. I'm a performance engineer and now a TPM. So how do you make yourself getting into product world you know, in this? Because nowadays every company is expecting to be playing a dual role and, you know, and do your best to collaborate effectively with product so that we can drive and get results. Thank you. So... Your question is, how do I build? Can you rephrase your question? I think I kind of... No, I think you are getting the like, right hey, way. I'm a yeah. TPM, but I, yes. wanted, I want to be a better product manager, be a better product person, even as a TPM. Yeah, I mean, basically, nowadays, they're expecting, can you play a dual role for some time when there's no product manager or, you know, get the requirements, map it, you know, work with the team, create your own uh, uh, epics and plan. So in this way. Got it. Right? That's what. Got it. Thank you. Okay. So this is an excellent question, but also a fairly large question. I'll give you a short answer in the time that we have and always happy to chat about it more if any of you guys want to. Uh, reach out, you can find me on LinkedIn and ping me. But sure. for product management, right, there's essentially three areas where folks need to build a certain base of skills and try to continuously refine their competencies. So one of them is product sense. This essentially is really being curious about the human conditions, about human beings, the challenges people face, how you can make things better for them, in what way. So just going about life... Vivek, uh, looking at sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, Madhu. 
I'm getting a message like running out of time in case we uh, get kicked out, uh, we can log back in using the same URL. All right. All right. So, um, so a product sense, just be curious, be problem solving or what is sometimes called execution. This essentially is analytical problem solving. This is the engineering of product management. And then see this leadership and drive, which is how do you bring a team of people rowing in the same direction towards a common goal? Thank you. Uh, Narendra, did, did that answer your question? I think uh, in short, I think Vivek, give it, maybe we'll chat more with Vivek. Uh, thank you, Madhumita, for giving the valuable time, Vivek. It's a good oh, insight. Madhu, do we have time for one quick question? This is Yajuran. Yeah, yeah. Vivek, thank you. Thank you for all. Uh, but you have very well and very simplistically explained your approach to you know look at the problem and the technology and keeping the solution part behind you, right? Tell me, in simplistic terms, when you're trying to use that and convert into strategy and managing up, when I say up is managing your engineering leadership and your you know product leadership, what is that one or two things you do which you believe really helped you in all this journey when you're defining the strategy high up, right? Going up to your seniors. I, I think excellent advice for what you talked about and for everything else is uh -huh. really seek first to understand, then to be understood. Which is if you're able to look at it from what if, so everybody wants what's right for the customer. They're all looking at it from completely different lenses. And the key to being a great product manager or really a great team player in any sense is being able to understand the truth to people, which will connect with them based on the lens through which they're looking at the world. That whole open AI prompt of, hey, explain electricity to a kid who loves dinosaurs. All of us, are essentially kids who might like dinosaurs or unicorns or puddles or mud or whatever else. And when there's a message you want to get across, you need to frame it in a language that your audience understands. And that's why as a product manager, you need to be able to talk to folks in engineering who understand bits and bytes, people in user research and design who understand human emotions and experiences, people in sales who understand, say, for example, customers, pain points and needs, people in support, dot, dot, dot. So craft the message to the audience. Thank you. That was... And again, this is a topic which is worthy of a thing in itself. So totally happy to follow up more and share with you more offline. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you, Madhu, for doing this. You're welcome. Uh, thank you, Vivek, for sharing those insightful tips. Um, I think we are a little over time, but I uh, just wanted to quickly uh, wrap up. So Vivek would love to hear if you could share some recap for the audience uh, in terms of key takeaways for crafting a winning strategy and um, how to navigate through this uh, competitive landscape. I, I think here's what I would say. I would say First, start with the customer. The customer is the beginning, the middle, and the end of the journey. So understand the customer, understand the job they're trying to do, 
understand the tools they use to do the job today, understand what pain points they face, craft your offering in terms of a way to make doing the job cheaper, faster, and better. And once you have a message which clicks, try to get something real and tangible into customers' hands as soon as possible so that they can play with it and tell you what works and what doesn't, and then be incredibly nimble and agile and adapt. It is very simple, but simultaneously very, very difficult to do in practice. Yeah, I cannot disagree with you. And I believe it also takes several iterations and that bigger company I've seen, they build a cohort and to work on a strategy who are passionate about that area. So um, very useful information and definitely um, the audience will also find useful uh, about what they heard today and when to use generative AI and with what cost. Hey, Madhu. Yeah. Let me just give like a 30 second answer. I just saw Vidya's comment around when should PM start thinking about metrics and impact and how to select the right metrics. So I think this is an excellent question. Again, likely a session in itself, but I'll give you kind of a 30 second version, which is the key with to understand with product development, right? Is what will get you from zero to one is very different from what will get you from one to 10, which is very different from what will get you from 10 to 100 and so on and so forth. So metrics become incredibly important once you have hit product market fit and are looking to grow both the user base, the engagement, the revenue and all of those things. The kinds of things you would look for in order to get product market fit are very, very different from what you would use once you have product market fit. So if you had to pick, say, one point in the journey after which metrics become much more important, it's probably some notion of product market fit. Thanks, Vivek. I think that's a great story. And one other thing I also uh, with metrics I've seen um, in terms of mostly after it reached product market fit, uh, it's around like what's your goal and how you're measuring success. I think that kind of drives what metrics or impact to measure. Uh, should we take that approach or the metrics first approach? I have seen uh, different types of approaches, so would love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, sorry, what was the question? I did not follow it completely. So I think as we are talking about metrics and impact, uh, you shared a very uh, good insight around how to approach for that between like product market fit or once it reach product market fit, maybe double downing on the metrics would make more sense. What I was say, what I was asking is, um, if say uh, a product has already reached product market fit, and mostly I've seen this like where we have a specific goal um, to uh, achieve and success to measure. Metrics are more uh, than indicators to see how successful we are. Um, so there are two types of approach to this. Like one is uh, clearly understanding the goal and what does success look like and coming up with metrics. The other approach is metrics first approach. So, uh, I mean, like you said, uh, growing uh, the user base from one to hundred or ten to hundred. So, which will be the right approach? Like metrics first approach or 
was to have a goal and a hypothesis and then build metrics to measure impact? So I think done correctly, they are the same thing, which is you don't have a goal of zero to one, one to hundred or a hundred to a hundred thousand until you first decide what that goal is. And again, metrics is a fascinating subject and a topic in itself, but broadly for most products, it comes down to the size of the community. For example, for something like Facebook would be monthly active users. The engagement of this community for something like Facebook would be either Dow to Mao ratios or time spent. And then the monetization, which is how much revenue are you able to realize so that you can flow it back into the community, which might translate to say revenue per user. So when you talk about metrics first, that metrics first only comes after product market fit and after you have discovered what metric you should be optimizing for in the first place. Sounds great. Vidya, did that answer your question? Yes, Madhumita. Thank you both, uh, Madhumita and Vivek. I think, yeah, metrics itself is a very big topic to be discussed and to learn. But this kind of answered uh, my question uh, crisply and clearly. Thank you. Awesome. I think we're way over time. Um, thanks everyone for joining and a special thanks to Vivek for walking us through the product strategy and uh, metrics questions also. Uh, this is very useful and hope our audience also find this useful.